0: Thanks to Organifi for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition that tastes great. To get 15% off any product, go to Organifi.com slash DreamJob and use promo code DreamJob. Also, thanks to Wondery. In the newest season of Wondery's Business Wars podcast, Instagram versus TikTok, they track the war between the two social media giants. You can listen to the new season on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. And thanks to PayPal. PayPal QR codes makes it easier than ever for customers to shop safely right from their phones. As a bonus, there are no PayPal seller transaction fees through the end of the year. So now is the perfect time to try it out. Get started at paypal.com slash dream job or download the app. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So today, tonight actually begins the first night of Hanukkah. And this is a holiday celebrating Miracles, celebrating that the miraculous does indeed happen. And of course, Hanukkah is based on a real life event, which is that there was a situation, there was a war. And uh, once again, uh, the Jewish people were almost no longer here, but this tiny little army fought back. And after a lot of destruction and lives were lost, they, they still somehow managed to come out victorious. And even though they had lost people that they loved and they had lost their homes and they had lost so much, the very first thing that they did when that war was over was instead of going home, instead of taking a shower, instead of finding their loved ones, instead of eating, they looked for the light. They searched for oil. And just the search itself is a miracle. Just the fact that that's what they wanted to do. But they found just enough oil to light this light and the oil that was just supposed to last for one night, it actually lasted for eight nights and this light burned to signify that this light would never be extinguished. And of course, December is a month of so many beautiful holidays and Christmas as well is about the miraculous. It's about believing that maybe just maybe that our dreams can come true and that maybe just maybe there's something bigger going on and that there's a guiding there's a guiding force and that it's not all random. And I just want to say that I was witness to some miracles and one in particular that I just have to share with you, which is that last week we finished 12 weeks of my signature program made to do this. And it is a absolute miracle because in that final week, in our 12th week, we give these amazing souls a challenge and we say, okay, you've been here for 12 weeks. For 12 weeks, we've been looking and we've been searching and we've been really pulling out what are the gifts inside of us that we were divinely assigned to give to the world. And how can we stop this self doubt and the overthinking and show up and offer the value that we have to the world. And in the final week, every day, we give them one specific task and it all revolves around putting their offer out in the world and finally saying to the world, yes. I invite you to come to my yoga class or yes, I am making these beautiful ceramic ice cream bowls or yes, I would love to have you be a part of my membership for moms or we're going to learn how to take care of ourselves and put ourselves first. And can I just tell you that this group, they made $53,071. In one week, this group of courageous souls decided to raise their hand and show up in the world. And they made $53,071 in one week. And what's truly amazing is that 12 weeks ago, they were not sure that they would ever be brave enough to show the world all the ways that they came to this world to serve. And they did indeed. And what's also crazy is that because it was Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and because they were putting offers out for the first time, we said, you know what? It's okay if you offer something for a dollar, for $5, for $10, because it's Black Friday, because it's Cyber Monday. So do you realize that they served collectively thousands of people? Because with a dollar offer and a $5 offer, they still managed to bring in collectively $53,071. The largest offer that was made was $500. And still $53,071, $53,071 of people showing up in their truth, raising their hands and leading. And I have to say, it just feels so darn good to see women especially not apologizing and not only serving the world, but realizing that in this time of COVID, in this time of such a big pattern interrupt where everyone is pivoting, maybe, just maybe, they'll be able to support their families and help their families in the biggest ways by creating their crafting workshop, by helping people organize their homes, in all the different things that they have to offer. We had over 525 people and Made to Do This over the last 12 weeks, and they all deserve a standing ovation for their courage, for how they showed up, for how they supported one another, for their generosity, for their incredible talents. But I do want to shout out, because of Hanukkah, I want to choose eight people. I really could be talking about all of them, but I want to choose eight to tell you about these eight souls who made to do this, who showed up, who put out their offers, and who made incredible progress. In our program. Brigitte Heller, she's a confidence and mindset master, a motivational speaker. Plus, she has a podcast coming out in January. You can follow her on Instagram at the strong and capable and her website is thestrongandcapable.com. Mo Jones is a vocal coach who helps women grow their audience by mastering the art of going live on Instagram and Facebook. And her Instagram is at Mo and her website is MoLifeSpeaks.com. Debbie Friedlander is an artist who heals the mind through creativity and purpose. Her Instagram is at DebraLynnDesigns and her website is com. Connie Worth is a writer, teacher, and speaker who will empower you to live your life true to yourself and get to the heart of what really matters. She's working on her first book and her podcast, True Worth, will be coming out in January. Her Instagram is at True Worth and her website is ConnieWorth.com and Worth is spelled W-I-R-T-H. Angela crump Volsey is a transformational speaker who inspires busy career women. She has a podcast, Be Wonderful You, and her Instagram is at Angela crump Volsey. She's also working on her website, AngelaCrumpVolsey.com, which will be coming soon. Karen McCleskey helps heart-centered writers jumpstart their publishing journey. And I love her title, Publisher in your pocket. Her Instagram is at Karen Wonders. Karen is spelled C-A-R-Y-N, Wonders. Katie Larson is an intuitive coach who helps women heal their hearts through creative expression and holistic self-care. You can say hi to her on Instagram at Known Fiber and her website is knownfiber.com. And finally, Justina Cordova is an empowerment coach who helps people to find and own their shine. Her Instagram is at shinejustina. You can find all of their links in the show notes and Stay tuned because I will be telling you more about them and more about the amazing souls that were just in made to do this. All right. Well, since it's Hanukkah, since it's the holidays, it is my pleasure to bring on the one and only Rabbi David Aaron for a second time. He's an author, educator, spiritual visionary. He's written eight amazing books that have been read by hundreds of thousands of people worldwide, and he's without a doubt one of the most special people who's made such a difference in my own life. He was on the show about a year ago for a deep conversation about turning your pain into your purpose and what it means to believe in something bigger than yourself. It was one of the most powerful episodes we've had. So definitely go ahead and check that out if you haven't already. This time he's back and we're talking about how to find miracles in our everyday life, how to get through hard times, how to live with love, even when we don't feel worthy of it. Everything he says is poetry. It's like a symphony. And I will dare say that this episode is epic And just as epic as it was the first time he was here. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Without further ado, please welcome the phenomenal Rabbi David Aaron. Hi, Kathy. I love you. Thank you for coming. This is such a treat. So I've talked about you so many times. And I thought, wouldn't it be so cool since this is the month where people seem to believe a little bit extra in miracles that we brought you on You're really a catalyst for so many miracles in my life. And as I said to you the other day, I think the greatest miracle of meeting you was being loved by somebody who has a capacity to love the way you do. Completely changed my life. So thank you for being the pure vessel that you are. And um, before we get into it, we talked the other day and we talked about what makes you tick, so to speak, and what gets you up every day and has to do with people suffering and why you connect so much to that and why you want to help people find miracles. And it gives a little bit of a context for where you've been. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that conversation that you and I had?
1: Sure. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, my background really starts when I was uh, much younger. My mother who was a survivor of the Holocaust, who never spoke about the Holocaust. She just screamed about it in the middle of the night. And at a young age, I woke up to my mother screaming. I didn't know what she was screaming about, but I assumed that she was having a nightmare of being in the concentration camp. And that night I was bombarded with questions in my head. Is there a God? And if there is a God, is he good? And if he's good, why is the world so bad? And uh, if we, the Jews, are called the chosen people, I wish he chose somebody else. So um, I really was set up as a plot by the divine to be a philosopher and a seeker. And um, over time, I came to realize that I was afraid of happiness because I so loved my mother and I so identified with her pain that I realized much later in my life that I felt I was being disloyal to her if I were to ever be happy. She never said that to me. It was my own thing that I realized I had developed of a deep sense of her suffering. And my mother was not a depressed person. My mother was an extremely active and amazing woman. But as a child growing up, I always felt that she was deeply sad and scarred by the concentration camp and her parents murdered and her sister and brother murdered. And so, I, I grew up with a deep sense of suffering and I realized that very much of my life's mission is, sounds a little strange, but to help people suffer less and feel happier more, a big part of what I like to do is I, I like to help people laugh in my presentations as a speaker. I love to use humor because I didn't really see my mother laugh that much. And so um, I think if we could just bring a little more laughter, a little more smiles and happiness and help us live with less suffering and my wife taught me uh, during one of her uh, pregnancies how really suffering is when you have pain with no purpose when you give pain purpose you turn it into power when pain has no purpose it becomes suffering so I want to help people find purpose in their life and turn it into power turn it into passion and help them avoid their pain turning into suffering. So that's a little bit about my context.
0: I love you so much. I'm just going to keep saying it. You know, he's used to me already. The thing is that uh, Rabbi Aaron has written many amazing, amazing books. Uh, One of the books that's changed my life so much is a book he wrote called Endless Light. And Rabbi Aaron is like the real deal person to learn you want to learn a little bit about Kabbalah, he really gets it. And not from a capitalism sort of corporate way, but like a real way. And that book is incredibly beautiful. And one of the things that I learned from you about the divine and about God and about this endless light, which we can call God, is something that you said to me, obviously, which is that this higher intelligence loves us very much. And Rabbi Aaron was once on Larry King and it was Rabbi Aaron and Deepak Chopra and I think Marion Williamson and Billy Graham's son. And Rabbi Aaron's waiting, like, when's he going to ask me something juicy? And like, he doesn't really ask him anything yet. And finally he leans in and Larry King's Jewish. And Larry King says, so Rabbi, is he up there judging us? And he's like, this is the question he asked me. And he says, no, he's, he's loving us. And the story is that they cut to commercial and Deepak and everyone's like, Rabbi, you're amazing. And he's like, I didn't get a chance to say anything. So will you explain why you said that you think it was taken as so amazing that you said that the divine is loving us? What does that mean? And how come we don't expect that answer?
1: Well, it reminds me, I wrote a book about the Jewish holidays and I wanted to call the book You Are Loved. The publisher at the time said, no, no, that's, that, that title won't work. So I said, wait a second. I always understood that the title of a book has to kind of make a promise. What's in this book? And what this book is about is that we are loved by the creator. And uh, they said, well, look, it's true. A, a book has to deliver a promise, but the promise has to be credible. And this is not credible. Nobody believes that they're loved. And I was like, so taken aback by that. This is like a major company. This is their PR department. And they're telling us that it's just not credible. Nobody believes that they're loved. And so when Larry King turned to me and said, is he judging us? And I said, well, no, he's loving us. And there was a surprise, like, what, what are you talking about? And that's a very sad thing. We live with the sense that the creator who created us, doesn't love us. But according to Kabbalah, God is not a being who has an attribute of love. Rather, God is love itself. And therefore, how could love not love us? And that really the creator is love and created because of love. And we are made of love for the sake of love. And that is what we're made of. You know, science is trying to figure out what are we made of and So when I was a kid, we were told we were made of atoms, and then they figured out we were made of energy. Well, Kabbalah would say we're made of love, and that when a person disconnects from that frequency of true loving, they disconnect from the essence of being. So, of course, we are loved. We are love. We've come here to love and to be loved, and and that is the nature of what this is all about. You know, science will say that we were created by gravity, gravity is just a physical way of described love because that's what love is love is a power that brings the opposites together and uh, and that's what the story of the universe is about it's about love it's about loving and being loved
0: so one of the things that you taught me that were a masterpiece a piece of the master and you know when i met you and then i went to jerusalem and i was there learning with you Uh, for those years, that was probably the biggest takeaway for me was a, that I was loved, that I mattered to something bigger than me and that I had, I was needed. There was something that I had to give, but I think, you know, this, and it, it always bears talking about again, which is people don't seem to get that, that they're a piece of the master, that there's something that's needed from them. That's so clear for you. But how do you help people to see that?
1: Well, you know, it's in your fingerprints because your fingerprints will never be repeated again. And that's pretty amazing to realize that you are literally a once in a universe, a once in an eternity manifestation. One like you will never come back. You are literally a masterpiece of peace of the master According to Kabbalah, we are, so to speak, a piece of God. Not that God breaks into pieces, but poetically, if God were white light, each of us would be a different color in the spectrum of that light. And every single one of us created in the image of God, what the Bible was telling us that we're created in the image of absolute uniqueness. And uniqueness should be Y O U, it's uniqueness. And, and that's what, we are unique, and nobody can and nobody will be able to fulfill what uniquely we have come to serve to bring into the world. And the world needs each and every one of us, and the world needs more you. And that's a responsibility that we have to the world, is to what I've heard not beautifully expressed, is beautiful. be you Be you toful. And uh, and that's what it is. It's to let your light shine and bring the unique constellation of not only your talents, but your problems, because your problems are really probably your greatest assets. You know, when I was a kid, it wasn't fun being a son of a survivor. But now I see that being a son of a survivor and being so aware of such sadness and suffering is what's driven me to do what I do in my life. And so every part of our life is part of the constellation of who we are and what good we can bring to the world. And that's really the question, you know, it's like, what good are you? It's true, yeah, that's a good question. What good are you? Yes, you are a good. There's a goodness that you uniquely can bring. So much of what didn't go right in your life is what trains you to be able to be empathetic There's just so many others, I mean, not so many others. There's no human being in the world that everything went right for them because if it did, they'd be computers. They wouldn't be human beings. What makes us so unique and special is not only the great things that happen to us in our lives, but even the difficult things that happen in our lives that really enable us to feel other people's pain and genuinely empathize with them and genuinely want to help them.
0: That's so beautiful. So let's start to take what you just said and move toward this conversation about miracles. The first thing before we even get there is when you're saying all of these things, they're the things everybody wants to hear. Right. And I mean, if I got an email from God himself, herself, itself, that said any of those things, I mean, that would be it. Right. Like, but it's so hard. I think your publisher was right for people to believe the things that you just said. You're needed. You're unique. You're of course, you know, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But why is it that it's so hard to believe this? Why is it? And what does it take to start to believe and to start to open our hearts to the belief that what you're saying is real?
1: Well, I call it not fake it till you make it, but fake it till you awake it, because I believe within us, dormant, sleeping. If we're in pain about feeling bad about ourselves, that's a sure sign that we know that there's something great about us. Because you'd get used to it. You know what I mean? If a person deeply feels sad about their wasted potential, that itself is a tremendous testimony that you know there's potential there. Because if there wasn't potential there, you wouldn't be sad about the lack of uh, you know, actualizing it. So in a very strange way, the struggle and the pain that we're feeling about not letting our light shine is a testimony that we know there must be a light there waiting to shine because otherwise, at some point, we just chill out, forget about this and get on with our lives. But we can't get on with our lives because something deep inside us is telling us that there's more to who we are and we owe it to ourselves and others to share that. And so I I think the very fact that we don't feel loved and feel upset about that is an incredible testimony that we know we deserve to be loved. Otherwise, why would we even have that expectation? And why would we even be upset by it? You know, I'm not upset about dust outside. It has nothing to do with me. I get upset with things that really have something to do with me. And so the, the very fact that we're troubled by our life situation is a testimony that our life really matters. Because if we really, really, really believe that our life did matter, then we wouldn't even be struggling with this question. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. And so the fact that you feel disturbed or distraught or even saddened by your life situation is actually a good sign. You know, yesterday I went to the dentist. And I told him that after he did some dental work, the sensitivity over there on that tooth to heat and cold, he said, if it hurts, it's a good sign that it's still alive. (laughs) And he said, otherwise you'd need root canal. He said, so I believe that, you know, if we're hurting, that's a good sign that we're alive and we're ready to be healed. But when you're not hurting, that's a sign that you must be dead. So if you're hurting and you're yearning and you're struggling and you're crying, that's a sign that deep down inside you're alive and you just haven't figured out how to let it shine, but you know, it's there and you know, it's waiting.
0: Everything you're saying is such magic, but we just have to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. It takes tons of tenacity to keep a small business going, and every little bit of support from the community helps, especially considering what we've been through the last year. For all those small businesses that have been hustling and keeping us going, PayPal is offering the chance to win up to $10,000 in a sweepstakes with 2020 prizes. It's an awesome way to finish 2020 off strong. PayPal QR codes makes it easier than ever for customers to shop safely right from their phones. Shoppers can pay right from their PayPal app, so there's no need for cash or cards. It's really easy. Just pull up your PayPal QR code, get it scanned by your customer, and your payment will appear straight into your account. As a bonus, there are no PayPal seller transaction fees through the end of the year. So now is the perfect time to try it out. Not applicable to PayPal here. Other fees may apply. If you take a touch free payment over $5 between November 8th and December 12th, you'll automatically be entered for the chance to win one of 2020 prizes. So sell safe. You could win big. There are 10 chances to win $10,000 and hundreds of winners will get a $500 prize each week. Just download the PayPal app, generate your unique QR code and use the QR code to take a payment over $5 to be automatically entered into the sweepstakes. Start using PayPal QR codes to accept payments for a chance to win up to $10,000. Get started at paypal.com slash dream job or download the app. That's paypal.com slash D-R-E-A-M-J-O-B. No purchase necessary ends December 12th, 2020, subject to official rules. Thanks to Wondery for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. In the newest season of Wondery's Business Wars, TikTok versus Instagram, they track the war between the two social media giants. Our society is addicted to social media and tech entrepreneurs are in an all-out race to cash in. TikTok has become one of the most popular apps around the world in the last couple of years being one of the most influential social media platforms and also making a major impact on the music industry. Even with the recent political pushback against the app, TikTok is still going strong and becoming a huge competitor to Instagram. This season of Business Wars will touch on the founding of both apps and their history to date in reaching their top status in the social media world. I'm a big Instagram user still figuring out the whole TikTok thing, but I find it fascinating to hear how both of these became such social media powerhouses and how the founders navigated through different obstacles and challenges. If you're a fan of my show, show and hearing these entrepreneurial stories, you should definitely check out this podcast. Listen to the newest season of Business Wars, TikTok versus Instagram and Apple Podcast, Spotify, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. You know, one of the things that I've been learning about as we're walking toward this question of miracles, which has a lot to do with belief, is that belief really is ultimately about believing you're worthy to receive this miracle in your life and opening your heart to receive. And I think for so many of us, Receiving is so much harder than giving. And you have so many great stories you've told, but one of them has to do with uh, one of the days you realized how much your parents loved you when you broke into your house, your own house. Can you share that story?
1: Uh, Well, so I I was in Israel studying and um, I was 19 years old, maybe 20 years old at this point. And uh, in the summer, I went to visit my parents, but I wanted to surprise my parents. So I didn't tell them when I'd be arriving. I'm from Canada, Toronto. I got to the airport and got into a taxi. I got home, I knocked on the door. Nobody opened the door, rang the bell, nobody opened the door. I realized, you know, maybe the surprise is on me. They're not here. And I do not even know, maybe they're not even in town. What do I know? Uh, But if it's your home, you probably know how to break in. And I did know how to break into my home, which was through the bathroom window. And so I walked, I I broke in through the bathroom window and I I walked out of the bathroom and I made a left turn into the family room. And I was in for a tremendous shock. There was a picture of me on the television. And then there was a picture of me on the piano. And then there was a picture of me on the desk over there. And I, I, I was a little taken aback by that. And then I went into the kitchen and I saw a picture of me on the refrigerator. And then I went into the dining room. There was a picture of me. And, and suddenly I, I had this very deep, sad, and yet deeply embarrassing experience. I realized that my parents loved me and I did not reciprocate. And I didn't know that. I just didn't know that. And so I kind of think that maybe that's what's going to happen when we leave this world. We're going to find ourselves in the palace of the the creator, and our face is going to be on every wall, (laughs) and we're going to realize that all along we were so loved, and we didn't realize that. So uh, sadly enough, it starts with loving ourselves, and how do you love yourself? And it's hard to love ourselves, because we spend so much time with ourselves, we know everything we've done wrong. We're hoping our spouse might not know all of this information about us, but we know all this information and we're so good at remembering everything we did wrong. And that's so great at remembering everything we did right. And uh, in our tradition and our teachings, love is an action, not an emotion. The action will generate the emotion, but it starts with action. And the action is treat yourself in a loving way you know, and ask yourself, if I loved somebody, what would be the greatest gift I feel I could give them? And then give that to yourself. Because I think part of the problem of receiving love from other people is we just don't believe it. We just don't believe like, why do you love me? I remember one of my seminars, a girl, I was crying in my class. It wasn't Kathy. (laughs) And, uh, she came into my office and I said, why are you crying? And she said, you're nice to me for no reason. I said, well, why are you crying over that? She says, nobody's being nice. I've never, I haven't done anything for you to deserve that you should be nice to me. I said, kindness isn't something you deserve. If you deserved it, it would be business. There's not business. Kindness is just random. There's just no reason. you know, that's why it's kindness. I have no reason to be kind to you. I just am. In our tradition, kindness is when I have no reason to be kind to you. Unconditional love is when I have a good reason not to be kind to you. I'm still going to be kind to you. And so, but it starts with how kind are we towards ourselves? And again, it doesn't start with a feeling. It starts with an action. In fact, it does start with a feeling, and the feeling is telling you not to be kind. And what's extraordinary about human beings is we're able to do what we don't feel like doing, because it's right. Animals do what they feel like doing. Human beings do what they don't feel like doing, because it's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is to be kind to yourself, because miserable people are contagious, And they help everybody else around them be miserable, too. And so we really owe it to everybody to start practicing self-kindness and figure out if there was a gift I could give somebody that I really, really loved, what would it be? Whatever that is, start with giving it to yourself.
0: Gorgeous. So I think that that was beautiful and, and important because we, w- we want to talk about miracles. And I think just sort of laying the groundwork of knowing that you're loved and looking at it from this perspective starts to open the heart a little bit, just maybe the eye of a needle. And so the first thing I wanted to ask you to share, because I don't know if everybody knows this, but I think it's really maybe the DNA of miracles is even in this story that you taught me. Um, So growing up, I was always taught that the miracle of Hanukkah was that this oil was supposed to last for a night and it lasted for a total of eight nights. But when I was in Jerusalem, I learned that that would mean that seven nights were a miracle because we had enough for one night. So why is it an eight night celebration? And I want you to explain that.
1: That's because the first day, which people would think, well, you know, we had enough oil for the first day. The first day was a miracle, too, because just us sitting here talking to each other from different sides of the planet, this is a miracle. My finger, that's a miracle. You start with recognizing that it's all a miracle, You know, imagine the first time man and woman were sitting there and they saw the sun set. Must have blown them away, you know? And then the next day, the sun rises. Wow, that's unbelievable. Now, that was a miracle. And then it sets again. Oh, wait a second. That happened yesterday. And then it rises again. Oh, man, that just, that happened yesterday. And then it's said again, ah, that happens every day. So it's not a miracle. Wait a second. If it happens once, it's a miracle. If it happens over and over and over, it's not a miracle. It's a super miracle. So really, the very fact that we can even talk, think, it was one scientist, I believe his name was John Wheeler, said what's incomprehensible about the universe is that it's comprehensible. That's the miracle. The first day is no less a miracle than any other day because nature itself happening over and over again is more of a miracle than something happening just once. And so if we want miracles in our life, we have to first recognize the miracles that are already in our lives. This is a miracle. You are a miracle. And every breath we take is just an absolute miracle because a miracle means this shouldn't happen. There is no reason why this should be happening. And yet it's happening. And that should just leave us in utter awe and amazement.
0: Yeah, it's so true. One of the other pieces that you taught me, which is just so powerful, is the miracle of the fact that they looked for the light at all you know, at, in this moment, Hanukkah is a, it's, it's real, it's, it's a historical event where um, there was a war and, you know, like other times in history, there was a group of people who didn't want to see, you know, Jewish people around anymore. And for lots of reasons, and imagine this little army wins this war, but it doesn't come easy, right? And, and these, these people have gone through a lot and cities have been destroyed and people have been killed and, and they've lost a lot. And there's a lot of wreckage in the construction of things, as well as in families and torn apart. And you said to me, and isn't it a miracle that the very first thing they did before they decided to take revenge or go eat or take a shower. This little army said, let's look for the light. Why don't you tell us about that? What does that even mean? I mean, really, the first order of business is to bring a, bring a little light in the world and find this candle and this oil rather and, and to search In that moment, when you're starved, you haven't seen your wife, your kids, people have died, the buildings have been burned. And before you sleep and shower and eat and run home, you're going to go and look for a little bit of oil. Why on earth would anyone do that? I mean, that seems like a miracle to me. And I think that everybody here in so many ways is doing that, right? Especially now in the middle of, forget even COVID. I mean, all the things that have happened up to our whole lives that You know, to just keep believing and to keep looking for the light. Tell me about how we're able to do that. When everything in our body, everything memorized, all of our past emotions would say not to do it. And it's such a miracle to see people looking for the light and all the wreckage.
1: Well, because each and every one of us is a little bit of that light. And looking for the light is is looking for ourselves. It's like a flashlight looking for light. You are the light. What are you looking for? And so I can't even begin unless I deeply appreciate that there's some greater meaning and greater purpose to my existence. Because otherwise, what's going to give me the strength to keep going on? And so I have to start with the light. I have to believe that there is meaning to the madness that I'm going through and that there's purpose to my pain.
0: I love what you just said. It's like, you're looking for yourself. I mean, that makes sense, right? It's like, so what really choice do you have? Cause you are that light. So I think everybody wants to see more miracles in their life. Everybody wants to, to have those kinds of, of experiences. So how do we do that?
1: Well, we have to start with being thankful for the miracle right now, because if, if you can't be aware of the miracle that's happening in front of you right now, what makes you think you're going to see the miracle that's coming your way? And I think we've just gotten used to this. Like, this is ridiculous. We are literally talking to so many people in so many different cities, different sides of the world. And here we are, we can see each other clearly. We can smile and connect. What is more amazing and ridiculous than that? And so if we can't be just in awe of what is, we won't be able to really be awe in what's coming. And I think it really starts with the small things, to be thankful for the smallest things. And every day, just take an opportunity to thank for the miracle of anything you know your teeth your your nose your ears like think of things you've never really said thank you for and why is it so important to say thank you you know i gave my grandson uh a popsicle and i said well what do we say and he looked at me like well, i don't know what do you say and i said what do we say come on what do we say what do we say he looked at me like I don't know. what do you say i said we say It starts with a T, Mm -hmm. H, Mm -hmm. thank you. Now, why is it that I want him to say thank you? Because I want him to know that I care. When you thank somebody, then you're acknowledging that they care. And they gave you something. Like when I'm at the ocean, I don't thank the ocean because I don't personally think the ocean cares about me. I thank the creator for the ocean because I do feel that I'm cared for. And so the beginning of having miracles in our life is knowing that we have so many miracles already in our lives. And the more we're aware of what we have, the more we're capable of receiving even more miracles. And therefore, I believe that the more you appreciate life, the more life appreciates and becomes more valuable. And that's where we have to start. We have to start with being regularly aware of that what seems to be nature is actually super miracle because it's not happening once. It's happening over and over and over again. And then you live with the miracle mind because the miracle mind is a a kind of a frequency. It's a capacity for reception. And the more I see miracle, the more miracles I will see.
0: Beautiful. Okay, I have a few more questions, but first a quick ad break. Organifi is a line of organic, tasty superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition to help you take care of your health and well-being. They use the highest quality plant-based ingredients that not only taste delicious, but also contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. I love how easy it is because it's a superfood powder that you mix with water for quality nutrition in less than 30 seconds. I don't have to deal with any shopping, chopping, juicing, or blending, and for busy people on the go, they have single-serve packs that are really convenient. I've been enjoying their gold tea, which has really helped me calm down right before bedtime for a better sleep. They also have a yummy green juice to help with weight management and a red juice to boost your energy. You can check out the detailed ingredients and benefits of each product on their website. Plus, this is really affordable. It costs less than $3 a day and there's no extra shopping required or mess to clean up. To get 15% off any product, go to Organifi.com slash DreamJob and use promo code DreamJob. That's 15% off any product at O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash DreamJob with promo code DreamJob. I remember one of the, the most sacred things you ever gave me, one of the biggest gifts of my life. So I was leaving Israel. I was there for a couple of years and uh, I thought about staying there, but I really felt like I needed to go do some work in the world. I didn't know exactly what it was going to look like, but it's led me here. It's led me to every day and I felt really conflicted and um I said to Rabbi Aaron, I don't know what I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know if I, if I'm going to be allowed to, I don't know, go like move to Los Angeles. I had never been here before, or uh, I don't know, live the way I want to live or wear what I want to wear. Cause in Israel, there's all kinds of people who get on and off the train in different places and religion is different in terms of how people express themselves And I said, so, you know, what if I don't dress like that or look like that, but I have a more, I don't know, in some ways, what if my life looks a lot more secular, you know? And you looked at me and said, wow, let's go sit outside. So we walk outside and I said, but doesn't God want me to do this, 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 and this, and what if I'm not enough? And, and you said, if you never did anything else, God loves you so much. You don't have to do anything for that love, nothing. And I just broke into tears. And you said, I said, how can that really be true? And you said, cause there's nothing more true than that. And whatever you do or don't do. And then you were like, Kath, he's so proud of who you are. You don't have to do anything. And I was like 20, like didn't really feel that good about myself. And it gave me everything. It gave me my wings. Um, there's a doctor uh, Zach Bush. He's become kind of popular. He's got a beautiful heart and he works in the ICU and he revives people. That's yeah, one of his jobs is to go and, you know, clear, bring people back. And he said it only works about 7% of the time. So a lot of time doesn't work, but when it does work, he said, people will do one of two things. Either they won't say a word or if they say anything at all, They'll say some version of, why did you bring me back? I've never felt such love in my life. And they'll explain that they felt this feeling that for the first time in their life, they were completely loved and accepted. And he says, why on earth does it take that for people to have that? And he says, isn't it phenomenal? It's a phenomenon to him that that must be what we're all craving because it's the thing that everyone reports. So what is that about? And how do we get that while we're here?
1: You know, I was talking about a dentist. So I I remember another story when I walked out of the, I'm not at the dentist as much, but I remember a story. I was at a dentist and he he told me, you know, I was looking at some catalogs or whatever. I said, oh, you mean there's, there's something called Uh, tooth transplants. And, uh, you know, people donate their teeth and their license or something. So no, no, no. It's impossible to transplant a tooth. And so what does that cost? And he started telling me, I can't remember what it was, but a couple thousand dollars. And uh, I didn't need that. But he was just telling me some of the new dental technology advancements. And so I was sitting in the park afterwards, I started counting my teeth. And I started feeling like, You know, based on that, I've got like tens of thousands of dollars just in my mouth. I said, and what have I done for this? I mean, like I've done nothing for this. And then I started thinking about my children. And I'm thinking like, what would I be willing to take in order to sell one of my kids? Is there a price that somebody could give me that I would give my kids for? And I said, not not a chance, even if a person offered me a billion dollars for one of my children, I would never give my child for a billion dollars. I thought, my God, I'm a multi-multi-billionaire. And then I said, you know, so I've really done nothing for any of this. I mean, what could I have done to say, creator of the world, master of the universe, you owe me a kid. You know, like I've done so much good, you owe me a kid, you know, can I say to the master universe, I've done so much good. You owe me an eyeball. I mean, is there anything that I could ever say that I've accrued that I've done so much good that I deserve an ear, an eyeball, a kid? No. Well, you know what? Then it must just be a gift. So just say thank you. Nobody asked you to deserve this. Nobody asked you to validate yourself to get this. It's just a gift. And so just be thankful. Just be thankful. That's all. And so when people say, you know, but I'm not worthy of your life. If you were worthy of my love, it wouldn't be love. It would be business. Business, you have to be worthy for. Love, that's why I love you. I don't love you because you're worthy. I love you because you are. You don't have to be anything more than just being it all. That's the miracle of love itself, is to just love, just to love for no other reason. You know, I remember my wife, I was sitting one night with her, and I asked her, I said, Hannah, why do you love me? And she said, well, why do you assume that? I said, well, let's assume that for now, for the conversation. And she said, well, honestly, I don't have any reason to love you. And I was really taken aback by that. I said, you don't have a reason to love me? I mean, you can't find one reason to love me. She said, not only do I have no reason to love you, you wouldn't want me to have a reason to love you. I said, no, I I think I would. I I, I think I would want a reason. She said, if I had a reason to love you, then it would be the reason I love and not you. I love you even when you give me reasons not to. And I do, just to test your love. But love doesn't need a reason. If it had a reason, it wouldn't be love. Love doesn't have to be justified. Love doesn't have to be earned. Because love is a gift. And the more you give it, the more you believe, the more you open your life up to receive it also. And giving love is really the greatest gift you can give yourself. Because to just love, you know, if you had a choice to be loved or to love, Not that anybody should have that choice, but if we were given that choice, you could only either be love or love. Which would we choose? I think we would choose to love because we feel more connected to the people we love than the people who love us. And I know that for a fact because I've been blessed with children and I love my children, but I know that when my daughter got married, it wasn't so hard for her to say goodbye. And it was really heart-wrenching for me to say goodbye. And I realized that through loving her, I so deeply connected to her. But being loved, you don't feel as connected to the one that loves you than loving itself. Because then you really feel connected to who you love. So if you had to make a choice, and nobody should ever have to make that choice, then love. Just, just keep loving. Just put it out there. And start with yourself
0: it's so beautiful. And uh Rabbi Aaron's heard all my stories, but I don't know if you guys know this story. So the day I was getting married, then Rabbi Aaron couldn't come because he his daughter had a a baby, but he kept calling me all day on my wedding day. Finally my sister runs over with my cell phone and I'm literally in a wedding dress walking down the aisle. All the bridesmaids have gone, so it's like it is my turn. And she's like, you have to pick up this call because I'm sure it's Rabbi Aaron. And I'm like, this is the weirdest timing, but sure, you know, so um, I say hello. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Mazel Tov. How did it go? You know, this man, I'm like, well, actually, it's about to happen. Um, and he, you were like, oh, my God, I'm, I'll am let you go. And I said, no, if you're calling me right now, then you're going to tell me what to pray for, because I'm going to be under the chuppah in about 40 seconds. And you're like, I I need like a second to actually come up with an answer. I'm like, all right, well, take your time. Come on. (laughs) And um, I thought you were going to say to pray for a long life or amazing kids, healthy kids. But you didn't say that. And you said, I want you to pray that the love is real. And that it's so real that when people see you, they believe in love. I think it's like the most beautiful prayer. And so I started to cry And I said, what does that mean? Like, that's so beautiful. And you said, well, a lot of people just don't believe in love. They just don't. Because when it gets, you know, it's not fun. It's hard. It's this, you know, they just haven't felt it or seen it or received it. So maybe it'll be a testament to people. So what, what is that about for you? Maybe you can expand on that.
1: Well, you know. Growing up, I, I didn't see much love between my parents. Uh, they were—they never screamed at each other. They didn't, but I didn't see affection. I didn't see affection, and I think from the world that they came from, I, I don't know if they were ever hugged. As a child, I was never hugged, and I don't think it was because they didn't like me. I don't think it was a language that they themselves were familiar with. My mother lost her parents at age fifteen, anyways. But my mother. Uh, passed away at age 83 from cancer. And uh, it was a couple of years where the cancer was eating her up and eating her up. And I had the devastating situation of seeing my mother look like someone who came out of a concentration camp. She'd lost her hair. She was skin and bones and we had a caretaker that was feeding her. And my father was sitting in front of my mother being fed And my mother was skin and bones. And my mother turned to him and said, what are you staring at? And he said, you look so beautiful. She said, you look so beautiful. You look like the first time I met you. And God treated me to see the love that I didn't see my whole life, that was there my whole life. I just didn't know their language. And I saw love. I saw love in the last moments of my mother's life. And um, we're not seeing love, like real love. We're we're watching movies that are telling us stories that don't happen that much. Like real love, which is work, real work, patience, a lot of judging favorably, a lot of treating people like we'd wanna be treated ourselves. It's not miraculous, you know? Love is not rocket science. It's just treat people the way you'd want other people to treat you. And, and I guess really part of it is we mistreat other people because we're so used to mistreating ourselves. Like, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, wow, well, I could do that. I don't love myself, so I'll not love them the way I don't love myself. So, again, it goes back to take care of yourself. Eat well. Dress well. well take some time to just take a deep breath and be just deeply thankful to be able to just say, I am, I'm here, this is real. So that's what I share with Kathy and Lol at the day of their wedding. So we just need more role models of love and, and not movies about love, but real people that are just there for each other. And that treat each other the way they would want to be treated themselves.
0: I want to ask you a few of the questions that people asked. How do you love someone who needs it, but is often not open to receiving it?
1: Well, yeah, that is definitely tough. Now, why are they not open to receive it? Because they really feel bad about themselves. And because somebody convinced them that you have to earn love, that you have to deserve love, that you have to be worthy of love. But that's a contradiction in terms. If you earned it, it wouldn't be love, it would be justice. You don't have to earn love. And just stubbornly, just keep giving love. But sometimes giving love is allowing others to give love to you. And we all need to be needed. And it could be that this person is resisting love because they don't wanna feel that they're needy. They wanna feel that they're needed. Nobody wants to feel that they're needy, but everybody wants to feel that they're needed. And so sometimes by sweetly asking somebody if they could do a very small favor for you, would actually be a great gift to them. Because as I mentioned, one of the greatest gifts is to give somebody the opportunity to love. Because it's through love that we get out of ourselves and I call it misery, not misery, misery, that we're stuck in me. And love is to get out of me and celebrate we. And so, so sometimes a person is so trapped in their me, they just can't receive love. And so try and release them from that prison of meanness and somehow just ask them sweetly. a a small favor that they could do for you. Could you get me a drink of water? It sounds silly, but it opened up the gate of just practice giving. And that allow a person to feel needed. Love is choosing to need somebody. You know, immature love, children's love is I love my parents because I need them. Mature love is not that I love you because I need you. I need you because I love you. I choose to need you. And so that's one of the greatest gifts. Give a person the opportunity to feel that you need them for something. Figure out what that could be in a very sweet way. Just something small to open their heart and begin to let them practice love.
0: I know that this is a really big question, but We've already set the stage for it. So maybe there is an answer. I'm sure you get asked it all the time. How do you explain when bad things happen to good people? And is it true that they're manifesting those things happen to them? So how do you respond to that kind of a question? How have you made sense of that?
1: Well, I haven't made sense of that. And I heard a beautiful answer from the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. "Is his uh, soul be blessed. His memory be blessed. Is that if we could answer that question, why do bad things happen to good people, then we would have no compassion for good people. We say, oh, that's why it happened. So they don't need my help because they deserve that. There's a reason why we don't know and we can't know, because if we did know, we'd say, oh, that makes sense. Okay, well, so that's why it happened to them. And then we wouldn't fight for them. Then we wouldn't work for them then we wouldn't do good for them because we just think, well, they deserved it. And so I think there's something that, as Mr. Rabbi Sack said, is we can't know because if we knew, it would undermine compassion. And to have compassion for someone is, I don't know why this is happening to them, and I don't assume that they deserved it. You know, there's an interesting teaching in our tradition that when you see somebody that's handicapped or something like that, you say a blessing. Blessed is he who is a true judge. Now, when I first heard that, it really turned me off. It's like, oh, my gosh, how judgmental. I see somebody in a wheelchair. And I say, well, I guess, you know, I guess you deserved it. Blessed is he's a true judge. That must be judgment. I said it couldn't mean that. I realized what it actually means. Blessed he is a true judge. And I'm not a true judge. So I shouldn't be judging anybody.
0: I want to just ask you this one question. How do you process just what's going on right now with COVID and all the uncertainty? And it's so trying in so many ways. What's your take on the whole thing and how we can kind of maybe reframe it in some way that's helpful?
1: Well, what I try to do when I go through difficult times is I meditate on my finger and i want to be appreciative of the incredible perfect design of a finger and that's just my finger is perfect genius intelligent design and what about that and what about that i have no reason to believe that if my finger is so perfectly designed and my eyeball is so perfectly designed that my life your life our life And what's going on is of perfect design. And therefore, I believe that, again, the miracle mind opens up with the trust that there's good reasons for what's going on. There's opportunities. There's blessings behind what appears to be curse. And the more we believe that, the more we receive that. And so I just try to focus on the miracles that are in front of me right now. The ingenious, the infinite ingenious design of just my own body and getting to a place where we just trust that it's all good. And the more we seek the good, the more the good will be revealed to us.
0: Thank you for that. Is there anything you want to say that we didn't cover that you want to share with everyone?
1: I bless you all to be kind to yourself, to be compassionate to yourself, to allow yourself to believe that you don't have to be worthy to be loved. You just have to be. And start with practicing kindness towards yourself, understanding towards yourself. And love, it doesn't have to be a feeling. You don't have to feel like loving yourself. Just do it.
0: I love it. So, people want to know how they can stay connected to you.
1: I do have a radio show called Soul Talk. And if you go to my website, rabbi Aaron is A A R O N, then you can find me. You can find lots of my recordings, my writings, and uh, my animations. And uh, it's, it's really a pleasure, an honor, a privilege, and a joy to be able to share time with Kathy and share her light. She's all heart. And boy, do we need that today.
0: Thank you. Rabbi, thank you for being in my life. And thank you for coming thank you on. For being in my life. It was such a life-giving conversation and here are the takeaways. Number 1, we are made of love for the sake of love. Number 2, you are literally a once in a universe, once in an eternity manifestation. You are a masterpiece, a piece of the master. Number 3, what makes us special is not just getting things in our life, but the difficult things, the things that make us able to feel other people's pain, empathize and genuinely want to help them. Number 4, if we're hurting, that's a good sign that we're alive and we know there's a light inside that needs to shine. Number five, it starts with loving yourself. Think about the greatest gift you could give to someone you love and give it to yourself. Number six, you are a miracle. Number seven, you don't have to be anything more than being. That's the miracle of love. Love doesn't have a reason. It doesn't have to be justified or earned because love is a gift. The more you give it and believe it, the more you open your life to receive it. Number eight, you don't have to be worthy to be loved. You just have to be. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I know that you have a bajillion things going on and it means the world that you're here. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, because there are so many good episodes coming out and I want you to miss it. And, I'm curious if this episode inspired you. Can you think of one person who would benefit from hearing this, who maybe needs more love, more miracles in their life? Share it with them. Email them the link, text it to them, or post about the show on your Instagram and tag them. And you can tag me at kathy.heller so I can repost it. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have a beautiful weekend. Happy Hanukkah. Almost Christmas. Talk to you guys on Monday.
2: ever reach out for the stars it's hard sometimes from where you are because they seem so far and the weather turns cold and the fire burns gold and a little white snow starts to fall The perfect time to believe we've the power to change